Now in its third year, it's a yank on the footy with Craig Wessels talking about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Sit back and enjoy, everybody. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 174 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels from Sandusky, Ohio. Thanks for giving the episode a listen. In this episode, I am going to go through the tips for round 12 of the men's comp, but I will not be alone tonight, and I'll let you know more about that in just a second. Don't forget that if you are interested in having your local footy club get a shout-out, drop me an email at a yank on the footy gmail.com or hit me up on my socials. You can find all of those over on my website, a yank on the footy.com. I love being able to talk about these uh, local clubs helps me learn a little bit more about the geography of the, uh, of the, uh, the layout of the game. Now today's club of the episode is being sponsored by Mick and Mick is run by Kim Harrison or as he's known here in North America and in Australia as Mick Aussie. And Mick has spent the last two decades running his sports comedy channel, talking about the NFL, the AFL, Canadian, the Canadian football league, as well as the NBA, the NHL and other sports as well. He also appears regularly on sports grid TV with Gabe Morenci. Mick in his own right was a terrific footy player down in South Australia. And if I'm not mistaken, he won a couple best and fairest with his club. And he also played with the club that is the club of the episode, the Waratah Warriors, and they are from the Northern Territory Football League. They were founded in 1917, and they currently play their games at the iconic Gardens Oval. They've got clubs from the under-12s mixed all the way through the Men's Premier League. Unfortunately, they lost one of their legends of the club back on May 13th, and uh, Valet Anti-Cath, she spent 35 years as their timekeeper and uh, was the first life member as a female uh, in the NTFL. So our club again is the Waratah Warriors. And again, this was sponsored by TV. And by the way, Mick Aussie is actually joining us tonight. So I'm pleased to have him here. We're going to jump in and talk about a few big stories as well as give our tips for this week. Welcome aboard, man. Yes, great to join you again. It's on episode or oh, probably six months ago. So great to be here again and in season AFL round 12, eh? halfway through the year. Fantastic. Yes. I'm, I'm excited. This is going to be a, it's a shortened round, but it has some really, really big games. It's got a couple that you might call clunkers, but it's got some, it's got some pretty big games in it this round, which we're going to get into, but there are a couple of things in the news that, uh, I wanted to touch on with you and get your thoughts here. And of course, you know, I, I don't think that I was alone that, that just was kind of shaking my head when I heard that the Swans were going to, they were going to go ahead and, and take buddies punching of Trent Koch into the tribunal. I, I, were you thinking, really, are you going to go there with that? Yeah, it's a bit crazy, isn't it? The whole tribunal system. I mean, they're trying to work it out, but it really is all over the place. Maybe Buddy should have hit him a bit harder. Trent Cotchin, he's a good player, but he can be annoying <laughs> for, those, for those Tigers. But, yeah, big Buddy Franklin legend. A week off, not too concerning, but they're against the Demons. Yes. So I'm sure he would love to be playing. Oh, and I'm sure they would love to have him out there. And I'm, I'm sure that – yeah, and I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist, but do you think the D's uh, said to hit Trent Cotchin, hey, um, you want to help us out here? Uh, but, you know – 
what I thought was was bizarre, and I read about it this morning, was that the uh, the AFL legal counsel, and I won't mention his name. Okay, it was Andrew Woods, uh, <laughs> stated that uh, you know he said that you know did Franklin hit Koch, and of course he did. As Koch had gotten under his skid, there's kids watching, there's families watching. It's cowardly behavior. Now, <laughs> this is we're not we're not talking about a guy who's played six games in his career. We're talking a guy about a guy who just kicked his 1,000th goal and brought the entire comp together, you know, metaphorically speaking, and, and the entire fan base of Sydney together in reality to celebrate it. And they're going to call it cowardly? Now, the AFL did issue a, 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 a mea culpa, like, yeah, we kind of screwed the pooch here. We probably shouldn't have said that. Sorry about that. <laughs> what are you thinking on that? Yeah. Well, I, I was just mentioning here, I said, I, I, I don't think, and I don't know if you've ever watched the TV show Rake. Yes. yes okay. Yes. I don't, I don't think, I don't think Cleaver Green on a bender would have said something <laughs> as stupid as this guy did calling Buddy Franklin you know, cowardly. That was just not a really smart move on his part. <laughs> that is one hell of a funny show that right oh, i got I the love girlfriend that. to watch it it was hilarious I, that guy's a legend absolutely love that show yeah so i i you know i just i just think that was not a really smart move on on their part and i just i wonder you know if uh you know and i'm sure that you know since the afl had to issue an apology i'm sure they went to this guy and said you know better choice of words next time would not be a bad idea of course you know i i still think that it was crazy the suns to go there you know in the beginning to begin with because i think the afl could have just simply you know they go in there and they say buddy sydney really come on now you jacked him in the jaw it's a week go home rest yourself ice your knees see you in a couple weeks case dismissed or case ended <laughs> well some of these AFL tribunal bunals, it's, it's as bad as the, you know, the over-the-top legal systems. I mean, nothing's mm -hmm. been worse than the Amber Heard Johnny Depp. I mean, what a total waste of money. But, yeah, it's ridiculous, some of these tribunals. Hey, it's still only footy, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's not yeah. life and death, for God's sake. Right, right. Yeah, and I... I don't, I don't even really know what went on with the Amber Heard and Johnny Depp thing other than I, I heard that somebody crapped the bed. That's all I know about it. Uh, it was her, yeah. Yeah. She's a so, bed crapper. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, you know what? I'm almost 60 years old. Maybe that'll happen to me sometime 10, 15 <laughs> years down the road, and it's just going to happen and go, oops. But <laughs> yeah. I, I don't plan on doing it. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Now, the other interesting thing this week, and, and this is something that, you know, me being in the U.S., you living in Canada right now, you know, we see this happen in sports here in North America, and that is trades happening during the course of the actual season. And, you know, the, the AFL and the, you know, the VFL prior to that had a trade period right after the season ended for the subsequent season, and then that was pretty much it. But the president of the AFL Players Association, Patrick Dangerfield, announced that, you know what? Maybe it wouldn't be such a bad idea to have this. What do you think about that? Well, first of all, Patrick Dangerfield, absolute legend player. I've seen him play some of the best games out of anyone I've ever seen. But I'm still dirty on him because he left the Crows to go to Geelong. But anyway, that's Fair said, enough. Very interesting. I listened to a couple of people talk about it this week. I actually would like to see a trade period in the AFL. 
I think it would be good for the competition. But the thing that is probably against it is, you know, the top guys in Australia are just making over a million dollars. The lower guys nowhere near as much. So right, if you've right. got a married guy with kids and a house, what, they got to pack up mid-season and move their family to maybe another city? Like within Melbourne, it would work fine. But let's say a guy from Perth has to move to Melbourne with his family during the season. Not so sure about that. If you're younger and single and the younger kids, not a problem. But only, you know, make only, well, I say only, but, you know, people making that sort of money to pack up their whole family mid-season, that would probably be the one thing that is of major concern to me. But other than that, yeah, I think it would excite the league and uh, make the last 10 or so games even more exciting yeah and i and i the reason i i thought this was interesting is i was out walking my dogs today and i was listening to the round 12 uh tips from lace out podcast and chris pepper mentioned how he hates the bye week or the bye week set of three weeks in a row where they're only playing you know a handful of games in each of them and uh he said he would love to see it be just one week off for all 18 clubs. And as I'm walking my dogs and I'm thinking, you know, he's basically saying that the idea of three weeks is shit and I'm waiting for my dogs to do just that. Uh, <laughs> so I thought, you know, what if, you know, cause we just had the mid season draft. I just talked about that the other day. I said, what if they went ahead and had that week off for everybody? And they said, well, let's go ahead and put the uh, let's try the mid season trade period and just have that be during those like 12 days from the end of, you know, round 11 and the start of what would be round, what we would call round 13, if you will, in the present day and allow that to happen there. It might, it'll give the media something to talk about. Well, something similar probably happened quite a few years ago where they would have like Victoria versus South Australia state of origin games during mm -hmm. the year. And most of the players would get that week off. But when Adelaide and Perth and the other cities came in, the state of origin games weren't as good or as important, but right. the trouble with having a whole week off is the TV rights are getting so big back home. They need those games every week of the season. So I don't think it would work. Sure, six games this week is not as good as nine, but I think it's better to keep every week the TV audience having games to watch. You're probably you're probably right there, but I I, I just I so my idea is crap. Okay, just I know, but I'm <laughs> but no, I just I just was trying to figure out a way, you know, because again, you know, the sports here in the United States, you know, Major League Baseball, you know, has the you know the trade deadline that comes up in the end of July, beginning of August, whatever. And there's always that flurry of trades on that last weekend or the last hour or whatever beforehand. And uh, I just thought, you know, but they don't stop playing games while that's going on. They're still playing. So I guess maybe you could still have the midseason trade period, you know, if you decided to do that and still have it during these these three weeks, if you will. Yeah. Or something of that nature. Yeah. Well, I, gen, generally, I would be in favor of a, a trade period. Absolutely. Yeah, I just I just think it's you know, kind of a, an interesting, you know, thing to at least talk about. But I think with the TV rights, I think you're absolutely right. You know, they would have to. They would have to figure out a way to to fill that time and maybe. Maybe once they get the women's game synced up a little bit more with the men's game. Maybe, maybe they, you know, so maybe there's not quite so much overlap 
Because again, I'm still I'm still terrified of the women's game just getting drowned out, if you will, by the men's game if they're playing simultaneously. Maybe you have round one of the women's comp happening during that week off, and you you start the women's comp with a bang, and they've got they've got the week to themselves and the yeah, trade well, period. Well, maybe. they're obviously they're working to get the women's comp better, and I think it's fantastic that they're starting at uh, well soon. I think August, I believe. August, yeah. And the women are getting more money. Like, it's all great. It's all great. But there is still some men in Australia are not too keen on the women's. But, hey, I think the growth of the game is incredible overseas with the women's. And in Australia, I mean, all the clubs now double their size because they have all the women's teams. And it right, must right. make the great uh, off-field social activities as well. So I'm generally a big fan of it. And, of course, the great Aaron Phillips now with the Port Adelaide power. That's a big story as well, but we're here to talk the men's right. <laughs> yes. And I know you're not, I, I know you understand that, but you wish she was still wearing the, the crow's jumper. I, oh, of course. But yeah. Of yeah. Course. Of course you were. So we've got six games this round and uh, you know, and I'm going to, I'm going to actually jump ahead here for those of you who are in the States. I'm going to dive down to the bottom of my notes here real quickly. Uh, and uh, let me find my, here we go. Now, according to uh, afana.com, which is a great website here in the U.S., here in North America, the games are going to be on this weekend. We're just going to mention the games right now. Then we're going to go back and talk about them. The Crows and Eagles, the Suns and Roos, the Hawks and Magpies, and the Dockers and Lions are all going to be on Fox Soccer Plus, and those will all be live games. Friday morning at 5.30 on FS2, the Cats and the Bulldogs will be playing live. And then on FS1 at 5 o'clock Saturday morning, the D's and the Swans will be playing. So set your DVRs. And in Canada, TSN is going to be carrying the Bulldogs and Cats game live tomorrow morning. And then TSN 5 will have the Dockers and Lions on delay. So those games will all, you know, will all be on television here in North America. So hopefully if you're, you're catching this and you're just thinking about exploring this game, there's some great games to watch this weekend. There's a couple that maybe are not top-notch games, but uh, hey, it's football, and I know I'll be watching regardless. Okay, so you want to dive into the first game of the week? Yes, absolute the, the, ripper, the, isn't it? The maybe Bulldogs the and the, the Cats. Yeah. So you've got uh, you know Bailey Smith is back in, Gary Rowan is back in, Reese Stanley is back in for the Cats. Uh, yeah, this is a uh, this is going to be one heck of a game. This is being played at Marvel, and I didn't realize the last time that the Cats were at Marvel just a few weeks ago was the first time they'd played there in like seventy games or something like that. Because of COVID, they hadn't been to Marvel in a long time. So, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see what happens there. But you know, this is a. I think you could. I, I know I would argue argue that the the Bulldogs midfield is far superior to the Cats right now. Far superior. Yes, this is going to be a great game and one of the hardest ones to pick. Listening to some of the experts back home on the shows, oh, they're kind of split. Malcolm Blight, the legend, likes the Cats, but he used to coach them, so maybe not sure on that. The boys from Perth were split as well, and I think we might have our first disagreement of the week. I am going to go for the Bulldogs to win it just but could be very tight game. I think the Bulldogs are starting to get back to that form of last year where they came runners up 
Bontempelli is a legend. I'm a big fan of Trelaw as well. So mm-hmm. they're starting to get back, but absolutely could be a toss of the coin. I probably won't bet the game, but I did pick the Bulldogs <laughs> in the competitions that I am in. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I, I think if the Cats can get the ball through the Bulldogs midfield, you know, if they, they can get the ball out of their back six, which is a pretty decent back six, if they can figure out how to get the ball past Trelaw, past Petraka, past that whole group there, and get into the forward line, that could be good for them because they're, they, you know, I would argue that the Cats' forward line is is far superior to the to oh. the Bulldogs' defensive six. So if they can get it in there, yeah, you're right. We do have a bit of a, you know, we're we're going in different directions with this one. I went with the Cats by seven on this one. I don't think it's. I'm not going with a blowout or anything of that nature. I think it's going to be seven. I'm going with seven because I don't want to have to worry about Gary Rowan kicking a, a kick after the siren again this time around. <laughs> okay. That's uh, you know, my, my, my blood pressure is a lot better than it was at that point in time, but that was still a little stressful for me. Yeah. So, well, you know, if Patrick Dangerfield was playing, I probably would change my pick. You mm-hmm. guys do miss him. Selwood's getting old. You guys yeah. are a bit up and down. I mean, the Geelong catch your best is very good, especially when Cameron and Hawkins are on fire. I mean, I'm a massive fan of Jeremy Cameron always yeah. have been. Was it a good trade? Maybe, maybe not. But uh, yeah, if Dangerfield was playing, I may have picked the cats, but I'll stick with the dogs and the dogs and the cats, the boys on sports grid laugh. When I say that the cats yeah. versus the dogs. So, so what do you think about, and he, cause he played, he played with your crows for a little while, Tyson Stengel. What do you think his impact has been this year? Oh, fantastic. Yeah. And yet another player that the crows let go, or they kind of had to, he did get in trouble over mm-hmm. there, as you know. So it's great to see he has at this stage sorted his life back out and he's a very skillful forward yeah a native and Aboriginal and uh, yeah, you got to love watching some of these skillful guys up forwards like himself. You know, he's had multiple goals on several weeks, I believe. And yeah, very good player. Great to see him back playing. I think he's kicked 21 this year and Rick Shabani sent me a note earlier today on, on Facebook. And he asked me, he said, I don't, he said, he said, do you know? Cause he said, I don't know if there's ever been a player that the previous year he's been delisted and has been an all Australian the next year. I mean, that, that would be, that's a, that's a pretty significant leap. And, and I'm hoping that they're, you know, opening up contract talks with him pretty soon, quite frankly, because I'd like to see him, you know, I'd like to see him in the hoops for a number of years here. So, well, he's, he's had a good year. I wouldn't yeah. say he's quite all Australian, but if he has a good second half of the season, sure. He might lock down one of those, small forward spots, but Charlie Cameron's probably got one of them right now. Oh, I would say so. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. He's got it. He's got it in the sidecar on his motorcycle. (laughs) Yeah. So so let's move on down to a ground that you have been to, I'm sure many, many times in your lifetime, the Adelaide Oval for the Crows hosting the West coast Eagles. Taylor Walker's back. Shannon Hearn's back for the Eagles. Uh, Patrick Parnell, who's somebody I'm not familiar with, is going to be debuting in the defense for the Crows. Tell me what you think about this game. I, I already know who you're going to be tipping on it without uh, <laughs> without having to go any further, but let's go ahead and talk about it anyway. 
Wow, the Eagles, haven't they been disappointing? I thought the signs were, were there last year where the Sydney Swans absolutely destroyed them down at the Cattery. The Eagles, they play possession football. They didn't adjust to the run-on game, I don't think, last year. And then with when COVID hit them. But look at some of the star players they still have. Hearn, Barras, McGovern, Duggan. Oh, Kelly, Cripps, Darling, Josh Kennedy, Shuey. Like, they still have a lot of good players. Mm -hmm. Something is not right with that team. That said, they have a reasonably good record at Adelaide Oval. I'm picking the the, uh, Adelaide Crows to win, but the spread, that's the plus minus, is at 38 and a half. I think the Eagles will make it closer than that. So if you want to have a bet, maybe put the Eagles on the plus to cover the 38 and a half but I have picked the Crows to win. But you don't know. The Eagles, maybe this week they decide to show up, but there's some real attitude no. problems over there by the sounds of it. Yeah, I just, you know, I I, I I, don't think, as you mentioned all those names, I don't think the trouble here is talent. I don't know. Is it, I don't think the trouble is below the shoulders. I think the trouble is above the shoulders. And it's, and, you know, again, I'm, I'm not an expert. I'm still learning this game on the fly. I've only been watching it for, you know, a handful of years, but it's just, there's, as you said, there's too damn many good players on this club to be playing this poorly. Yeah, they've, uh, they've gone a year too long. I think they, they're, they're in for a major rebuild and they need to get rid of some of their star players, get as many draft picks as they can. Cause they don't have many good kids coming through. Mm-hmm. Bailey Rogers is a good young kid, but really they don't have a lot coming through the system because I've tried to stay in that window of maybe sneaking another premiership in from a few years ago, big problems over there in Perth with the Eagles and the other team is starring, eh? So it's a bit yes, of a turnaround yes. with the Dockers so good. And the very, I mean, the Eagles have been fantastic for 30 years, approximately. So, you know, it's time for them to go down for a while. Well, and what's interesting about this is that you, you and may, maybe it's just my sensitivity because of the little logo on my hat right here, but um, you so many people will comment about, you know, the cats, you know, they're, they're an old side, they're going to fall off the cliff, that sort of thing. But they, they've had some down days, but nobody had, uh, you know, up until this year, nobody had said the same thing about the Eagles in the same breath. And the, the age profile was almost identical to the cats. So, you know, I guess knock on wood, I'm happy that, you know, that in this, at this point in time, I'm not an, an Eagles supporter because it's going to be, it's frustrating to see what happens, but there, but for the grace of God, go I, because the same thing could be happening to the cats here very, very soon as well, in terms yeah. of their, of terms of them needing to bring in some, some young players. And again, they've, they've been able to get a couple young people in. Of course, the, the Eagles have brought in young players from waffle clubs to play this year. Yeah. Well, the cats have done well. They've hung in the eight for so many years, but back to the crows. I mean, I'm, I'm generally very disappointed in the crows they're probably the team that least excites me over the period since they came in. To me, they don't have many star players. They've drafted bad. The coach, I'm still not a big fan of the coach. Fogarty played well last week, the first time probably ever. I mean, mm-hmm. Thorpe's looking okay. McAdams all right. 
Doherty's okay. Dawson from Sydney's probably their equal best player this year, along with Ben Keys. I want to talk about Ben Keys, the guy with the trendy haircut, the former line. <laughs> he is one go-getter, gets a lot of possessions, gets the hard ball. Some people are dissing his kicking, fair enough, but I'd take him. He is the most consistent Adelaide Crow and good on him. Keys. Yeah. Very yes, yeah. good season. No, I, I, I did, I did tip the Crows to take this one also by three goals. So, you know, I, I've, I, I generally don't go over in terms of my tips. I, I, because I don't look at the spreads because I don't really understand all of that stuff. But I just kind of think, well, how much do I think they're going to win by? And I know that's kind of what those things are. But I, since I end up sharing these into the, uh, the different, you know, Facebook groups for the individual clubs. I don't want to have, you know, you know, people from, you know, club X go, well, what the hell? He thinks we're going to get beat by 70 points. I'm not going to listen to this jerk anymore. <laughs> so, I, I, you know, they may know that their club is not going to do well, but I don't want to be the one to tell them. that. <laughs> Come on. You're being, you're being too nice, mate. I listened to your show on Friday as I'm driving around and exactly that. I sometimes laugh that like you don't tip, them by very much because you're a bit worried that someone's going to dish it. I, yeah, I'm, not I don't. A, I'm not afraid to say some team's going to win by ten or fifteen goals. <laughs> no, I, I I know, and, and you know maybe maybe someday I'll just shock somebody. Maybe here at the end, you know, as we get ready to wrap up here, when I get to the Fremantle Brisbane game today, maybe I'll announce that one of those clubs is getting. No, I'm not going to say that one of them is going to win by ten goals. That's not going to happen. Now you're you're still freezing up there, so I'm going to go ahead and introduce the next game here, and we're back up to To Stadium this round for uh, in Darwin, where the Suns are going to be hosting North Melbourne. Now the Suns are going to be without Levi Casbolt. The Roos are going to be bringing back Ben Mackay, and I think that's a week earlier than I thought he was going to be back. Uh, Cameron Zerhard is going to be out. Tuke Miller's playing game 150. I mean, I, I I would take Tuke Miller on my club any day of the week. You know, I think this is going to be, you, know, you got two of the better rucks in the competition here. So, you know, the weather could be a factor, of course. Yeah, well, they're saying it's about 50% chance of rain. I like the Suns for that exact reason. The ball will be slippery and humid, and they're more used to that playing mm-hmm. on the Gold Coast. They've done quite well, and I know you're a fan of the Suns, and so am I. I mean, they're missing Lacocious right now, but Rankin and Rao, I mean, Tuke Miller, as you mentioned, Noah Anderson, they're starting to get a fairly decent team together, and I hope the coach gets re-signed. So, yes, I hope the Suns win. I don't know if they'll win by 42.5, which is the spread, but the Roos have just been terrible with their, their people on the committee quitting last week. They're, yeah, uh, yeah, that's true. Just, just terrible. I mean, Jed Anderson's a good player, Zeebold. And Horn Francis, look at him, eh? The number one pick from Adelaide. He is a man at 18 years old. I think he could be the next Patrick Dangerfield type. He's he is a strongly built lad, gets a lot of the football. Will it is it true that he might go back to Adelaide next year or the year after? I'd take him at the Crows, absolutely. Yeah, I was gonna ask you about that because yeah, I mentioned that in uh the episode I put out the night before last or last night. Uh you know, that there's a lot of speculation that, you know, and people saying that the, that the uh, Ruse should look at maybe moving him back to either Port or to the Crows and basically getting a windfall of picks to try to accelerate their, their rebuild and bring in more quality young players. But yeah, 
I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't know exactly what went on when he went home because they sent him home for a week because he didn't play and he he showed up at a nightclub. Oh no. Um, you know, the you know, nightclubs are going to, are just, you know, they should be, they should do like the, the military used to do when they said that they were places that were off limits. You couldn't go into them, but evidently they do it anyway. Yeah. Well, Damien Barrett, the main guy, AFL.com.au, mm-hmm. he said that the clubs try and restrict the players too much. And, you know, who cares what they do from, Sunday to Tuesday or whatever it is. But that said, I believe he did have a bit of an injury. So maybe if he didn't look after that injury on those days off, well, I believe he went back to see his mum for Mother's Day. So right, right. interesting what Damien Barrett said. But, hey, if he's happy at North Melbourne, they got to do everything to keep him. But if he's not happy, well, you do a deal and get him out and the Crows will would pay a lot for him i'm sure they would i bet, I bet especially they would. as we need good on bowlers like them yeah yeah because it's uh that's a great point i i think he if either of those clubs could get their hands on him it would be a huge windfall for them but they but they would certainly pay through the nose in order to, to acquire him they're not going to get him for a single first round pick that's going to be multiples i would imagine i mean the cats gave up what three first rounders to get uh, jeremy cameron and he was already 26, 27 at the time. So, yeah, I, I and, uh, you know, I've got Gold Coast winning this one by 20 points. because and, and it will likely be more. But uh, I just think that this is a, you know, this is a club that once young Mr. King gets back into the side next year, I think this is a club that could could take a significant leap, leap next year. If they, if they, if they stay together, you know, if Rankin stays there and I know there's talk about him, he's from South Australia, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Uh, you've got me on there. I'm not, okay. I think you might be right. You've got me a little bit, but yes, they need to keep that young core together. And it is important for the AFL to get that team moving. Cause look all the money they've bought into it. Millions yeah. and millions and millions of dollars. Some people don't agree with it. I'm not sure if I agree with them putting the team there because the Gold Coast, the big holiday place, no teams have worked there in other sports as well. Mm-hmm. But hey, they're looking good now and hopefully they can keep going because some of those kids are good players to watch, watch, absolutely. And yes, my dad tipped them by 20 as well. So there you go. Both he's a, of you he's a brilliant man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Isaac Rankin uh, played with West Adelaide. So Right, okay. There we go. So let's move on to the MCG. And I think this, you know, there's, this is the first of two games at the MCG. And this is the, this is kind of the what if game. You've got the D's facing off against the Swans and the D's have, I think four premiership players coming back in. Adam Tomlinson's coming back in. Christian Salem, Ed Langdon, James Harms, and Tom McDonald are coming back in. Um, Joe Lamarty and Nick Blakey are coming back in. You know, Blakey, pretty solid player, but they're going to be without Buddy. You know, the, you know, because the, the league punched his ticket, dare I say. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what are you thinking about this one? Well, kind of Buddy Franklin's out and May is out. So that would have been yes. good to see them too. I'm not, he looks a bit of an idiot that may, but he's a very good player. Mm-hmm. I know that. Big fan of Ed Langdon on the wing. You see him running up and down in the grand final. I like him. Salem as well. Oh, the demons. They are absolutely stacked. They've been cruising at about 70% most of the year, I believe. I'm a fan of the Swans. I do like the Swans. I think the demons will get it done. The Swans might get closer than the 23 and a half spread. 
But yes, I'm with the Demons to win that at the MCG. 80% chance of rain. So that might uh, change things a little bit. Okay. But that might go in the Demons' favour because it does rain more. Well, it rains a lot in Sydney as well, but more football season it rains in Melbourne. So Demons to win, Swans to maybe cover the 23 and a half. You know what, now that, now that you mentioned the rain, let me ask you something here, because, you know, you cover sports here in North America, but you played sports in Australia. You know, NFL teams, and I'm sure clubs in the AFL, or, I'm sorry, in the CFL as well, when they realize the weather forecast is projecting bad weather, where they, where they, will, they will spend the day, you know, a day or two practicing where they, they basically keep the footballs like soaked in, you know, like trash cans full of water. So the players have to get accustomed to playing, you know, it's going to sound the wrong way to say it, but they have to get accustomed to playing with wet balls. Uh, <laughs> so, but I, you know, I asked that, you know, when, when Fremantle dropped a couple in a row and both of those games were impacted by very inclement weather. I asked that in one of the, in one of the Dockers uh, discussion boards online and, and, I don't think I really got an answer there. And, and I don't, and I, maybe I, maybe I surprised some of them by asking that question because maybe they hadn't thought about that before, but I don't know. Have you ever encountered that during your playing days? Oh, absolutely. Yes. If you know, it's going to be wet, they might dip the balls in some water and train with them. Be absolutely right. Cause Perth, Perth's way drier in the wind, in the winter. They have an amazing climate over in Perth. So mm -hmm. as you saw, the Dockers struggle in the wet weather and generally the Melbourne teams do better in the wet weather. So, and it's going to be wet in Adelaide as well this weekend. So some of the cities, wet football, but yeah, as you know, the Aussie footballs, they can get slippery and it right, does right. affect the viewing if the ball is too wet. Absolutely it does. And it's not much fun with a really slippery ball and a wet game. It's just not yeah. as good to play. And wind. I hated playing when it was windy. I'd rather rain than wind, though. Too okay. windy was terrible. Oh yeah, you got to you've got to figure out where to where to start your kicks from. That type of thing. Yeah. So yeah, I I don't think the D's are going to lose two in a row here. You know, I've been. I I, I think we basically just uh, we saw the ending of uh, the first Terminator film because I've been I've been talking about them being you know that the leadership at Melbourne being like the, the Cyberdyne systems company, the group that created the Terminator in the original movie, you know, cause they just, they're, they're no mercy. They're, you know, uh, focused. They've got, you know, they've got a purpose. They're, they're just driven and they just were just going through people without any regard until they ran into Fremantle and Fremantle Fremantle dipped them into the big pot of melted, of melted steel and destroyed them last round. Although somebody did say that yeah, Melbourne didn't lose that Narm lost. Uh, so I thought that was kind of cute. So now we're going to see Terminator two, I think maybe coming up here. Cause I've got the uh, D's winning this one by 13. So we head back to the MCG the next day. So they've got to swap out all of the, uh, the things hanging up on the, on the sideboards and everything, because the Hawks and the Magpies are playing. Now the Hawks are, are scuffling. They've lost five out of six. The, the only win they got out of those six games was against the Hawks or get, excuse me, against the Lions. You know, they're, they're 15th in disposals, they're 14th in marks and tackles, they're 16th in inside 50s. They're not moving the ball well, and they're not getting a lot of scoring opportunities. The Magpies have had two big wins the last couple of weeks against Fremantle and Carlton. I mean, those have been huge for this club to get them pointed back in the right direction. What are you thinking here? 
Wow, the Hawks, they're a bit like your team, but your team's better. But the Hawks are up and down. They're hard to predict. They beat us. Yeah, you got Amira's coming <laughs> back in. <laughs> Amira's coming back in. He's a very good player. The former Adelaide Crow, Hardigan's back in. Sicily's great in defense. But no, the Magpies, they have surprised me. They have got some good players. The goalie, luckily, it wasn't as bad. The trouble he got in in the New York nightclub, he didn't get suspended or anything. So that was a bit exaggerated. But, of course, the big American, the massive man, Mason Cox, now with the goggles, best players last week. That was great to see. We've talked about Mason for years on mm -hmm. Gabe's show, so glad to see he is back in. Looking through the Magpies lineup, they have got more good players than I actually thought. And mm -hmm. Craig McRae, the former Brisbane Lion triple premiership player, actually worked with his dad when he was a young fella at Glenelg and first went to the Lions. So good to see McRae has got them playing an attacking brand of football. I'm going to go with the Magpies, but if they are overconfident and they might have partied a bit too hard with that massive... Massive win over the Carlton Blues in front of 80,000 people last week. If they're in for any bit of a mental letdown, the Hawks could swoop. Fairly confident on the Magpies, though. Well, we're differing again here because I'm, I'm taking the Hawks in a small oh, upset here. Awesome. I, I love I, it. I went ahead I and took it. the Hawks to win it by eight because I, I just think you know, they're bringing in a lot of veteran players, you know, with Gunston coming back in, Hardigan, O'Meara. You know, I just think that, you know, they, they, I don't know. I, I think they're going to, you know, they're going to shake off this, this bad spell that they've had here and they're going to get themselves a win against another you know club who is looking to make a move into the eight because they may not get there themselves, but you know, this is, this is a fairly big rivalry rivalry right here. So I, I just, you know, like I said, I don't think this, you know, this is not what we would think of as being a marquee game. But the Magpies have been playing a lot better. I just I just have this hunch. I'm going out on a limb, whatever the case may be. I'm going to go with Hawthorne to win this one by eight. So, I love it. I love, yeah. I love, I love that you go for the upsets. And for that reason, I'm going to take the Hawks to cover the uh, spread of 12 and a half. And yes, there's upsets every week. Maybe you are right. And the Hawks do upset the Magpies, the collie wobbles, I call them, if they mm. are mentally overconfident from last week that will be their downfall now we head to the last game of the round and we're going back out to optus where it's probably going to be dry maybe who knows uh and th this is this is you know we talked about the cats and the bulldogs being a, a big game but it pales in comparison to this one in terms of the 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 uh the ladder right now you've got the dockers hosting the brisbane lions and i think this is a game of the round and, you know, the Dockers are coming off a huge win. I mean, they, they just punched Melbourne right in the nose. And, uh, you know, they're going to be without Heath Chapman, Matthew Tabner, Michael Walters. Um, and the Lions are coming to town. What are you thinking here? Oh, you're absolutely right. Probably is the game of the round because of the positions on the ladder. 5% chance of rain and the beautiful new Optus Stadium over there in Perth. I wish the Dockers finally got back to their old jersey because I don't like the jerseys I've got now, but they are doing well. Tabernar is a big out. And there's some rumours that maybe Tex Walker might be heading over that way 
to sign a two-year contract? I don't think so. Maybe that's rumours. The Lions, Hugh McCluggage is back in. What a name. Hugh McCluggage, I love that name. Yeah, they're a good team, the Lions. But it comes down to me, the home field. I'm going to tip the Dockers. Would not be surprised if the Lions won. And when my dad sent the tips through tonight, I listened to my dad. My dad said Dockers by 10. So I stuck with the Dockers, but could go either way. Should be an absolutely uh, really good game. Both teams very high on the ladder. Second and third. Now, I, I know... I know that the D's are going to be cheering for the Dockers to win. Okay. Even though they beat them last week, the D's are going to be very actively cheering for the Dockers because if the Dockers win, they're two games clear on the ladder. Right. And I'm going with you as well. I've got Fremantle winning this one and another nail biter. I've got it by less than a goal. And part of my thinking here is Fremantle, you know, they're, they're going to be sky, they're going to be sky high. I guess you could say the same thing about the Magpies about their big win against Melbourne, but they've also kind of been buoyed by the fact that their captain is going to be playing in the waffle this week and should be back for their next game against Hawthorne the following week. So Nat Fife is going to be coming back into the side, hopefully, and they're going to, they're going to start to become whole again, and maybe they become an even better side than they've been this year. Yes. Nat Fife, the, uh, one of the worst haircuts in the AFL, these wussy knob top, Top not, but he is a fantastic player. Massive, strong on baller, as many of you know. Dual Brownlow medalist. Playing in the waffle, as you said. Very good player. So the Dockers are setting up nicely. Imagine if he comes back and plays well after his back uh-huh. trouble so far. Yeah. They got some good players. They really have. And I'm happy for him. I've liked the new coach, Longmuir. I think mm-hmm. he's got a good brand of football. Brayshaw, he's a chance for the Brownlow medal. So right, right. they've come good. They have come good, and it's good to see because they were down to near the bottom for too long. Now, as you had said, you know, if this game, you know, you were going with the home team. Now, if this game was being played at the GABA, are you going with Brisbane in it in this game? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, okay. that was the, that was the deciding factor. Okay. But if it was in GABA, I'd be more confident of the Lions winning than I am of the Dockers winning. I think the Lions could definitely win this game, but I've stuck with the Dockers mm-hmm. just. Okay. Okay. I think that's, I think that's a fair, th- I think that's a fair statement there. Now, those are the six games for this week. Um, do you have a bold prediction of any kind for any of these six games? Who Who's going to have a tremendous game that maybe we aren't expecting? I don't know about a tremendous game, but maybe, one of my better bets is I think the Eagles might cover that spread and surprise Adelaide a little bit. Uh, the spread's 38 and a half. So I think the Eagles might get closer than that and maybe even win. We've gone two different. So I went the dogs, you went the cats and I went the magpies, you went the hawks. So it's right. great. That we have gone for two different games because as you know, this year's been better. I was like you last week. I went seven and two, and there's mm-hmm. many weeks that I have gone seven and two. And in past recent years, some weeks we're going five and four. So it is a bit easier this year to pick the winners. But that said, there is upsets, and maybe you've picked it, mate. The Hawks might beat the Magpies. I'll stick with the Magpies just, though. I'd have to go back and, and actually look at the, the results uh, on, uh, of the fixture. 
with my picks that are in my in my show in my notes that I write down here. But I mean, there have been a there have been several weeks this year where I where I have thought that North Melbourne was going to put it together and win that week. I'm I've until they until they prove me wrong, I'm I, I'm not sure I can do that. And I and I'm thinking the same thing with the Eagles until the Eagles show me that they've that they've got some. I don't I, you know, I don't know what the term is because it, it, there's something going on there. Yeah. And you know uh, and uh, until they show me something different, I'm not sure I can tip them. And and they don't play each other again this year, so you know it's it might be a battle for percentage here to see you know who's gonna take the wooden spoon yeah and well i'm i'm only saying the eagles might get close because i'm very disappointed with my adelaide crows but you i listen to your show every friday and don't put yourself down mate you probably watch as much of the games as anyone in australia so you know your stuff and i enjoy your perspective that's why i also like listening to your show i listen to a lot of shows in australia but you're in the u.s i'm in canada we're kind of doing similar things Mm -hmm. so i do enjoy your perspective but don't put yourself down mate you can you can pick as good as some of the experts absolutely you can wait a minute i've been doing this all year (laughs) just covering my eyes and pointing uh no (laughs) So, you know, I'm, you know, Mick and I had talked about, uh, you know, something we were going to do today, but neither one of us uh, got this situated here. So, you know, I've, I've, uh, you know, I've talked to him about, you know, maybe making this something that we do each week. Cause I, I love, I love talking with Mick. It's, it's a lot of fun, a lot of laughs. He's, he's, you know, he knows more about the game certainly than I do. And I love learning from him. But, you know, we and I'm hoping maybe we can do this next week since it is going to be kind of a real halfway point of the season. Uh, we talked about doing our um, midseason all Australian sides, but we've discussed maybe doing two sides. And because we're in North America, doing the typical one that you would expect, you know, if you're in Australia, where you might be finding yourself with three or four Brisbane lions and three or four D's players on there. And maybe a couple from Geelong and a couple from Fremantle on the side. We're going to maybe do that. But then also here in the United States and in Canada with major league baseball, when they have the all-star game in the, in the summertime, which is going to be coming up in about another month. And by the way, I won't be watching because I haven't watched baseball in a couple of years. Uh, Cause I'm too busy watching footy. Uh, but uh in Major League Baseball, every club has to have at least one player on the all-star team, regardless of how bad the club is. So, for example, if you're looking at, at the way the game, that things are going right now, you would have to have at least one player from all 18 clubs, meaning you would have four other spots and then, I guess, a medical sub, if you will, if you wanted to go with a 23rd spot. So you Basically, you could have five players that could double up from other sides. So we'd have to have a player from the Eagles. You'd have to have a player from the ruse from the bombers. So maybe Todd Goldstein gets on this and at, you know, is the expense of somebody else, but Mick, are you up to trying something like that for next week? Yeah, sure. I mean, the hardest, uh, I can see why they do that as well, because you want all of the fan bases mm-hmm. involved in those right, right. all-star game. So I can see why they do it, but it's, it's not a true all-star game. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. Real word of the name, but the hardest thing with these old Australian teams is the on bowlers. Like there's 
there's 10 are good on bowlers that should be in the team. I mean, mm-hmm. you got Oliver, you got Cripps, you got Petrarca, you got Lockie Neal, you got Brayshaw, you got so many good on bowlers. And that's the hardest thing, picking these uh, all Australian right. teams. Well, I think so as well. And, you know, and, and in our cases, though, it's just, it's just going to be our opinions here. So we're not necessarily going to be, you know, we're not going to be held accountable on this at all. So, yeah. So if, if we're just going to have fun with it. So yeah. folks, you know, this has been an absolute blast having Mick on. Uh, I, I'm so glad that you, uh, you were able to come on. Where can people find your, your work, sir? Yeah. Well, it's, so it's Mick Aussie. That's uh, M Y K and then Aussie A U S S I E dot TV and Mick Aussie everywhere. Facebook, Twitter, I'm on Twitter a lot. And you're on there as well. So Twitter's fantastic for sports. But yeah, MickOzzy.tv is all my latest uh, shows on the New York Sports Grid. And uh, we talk AFL picks on Fridays. The last two weeks, we've been talking a lot of hockey. But as the summer comes and the NBA and the hockey finishes, well, then Gabe will love it because we still talk AFL when the other sports are gone and mm-hmm. CFL starting here as well. So I'm looking forward to that going to the Edmonton Elks game tomorrow night and uh summer mate summers in Canada are short, but they're fantastic. But you've got, you've got something else that you're doing here very soon as well. Aren't you? you is that something you can share? Yeah, I'm going next week to the Banff world media festival down in the beautiful ski and snowboard town of Banff, which is about an hour uh, west of Calgary, and there's oh the list of companies there is huge. A lot of Hollywood film companies, media companies from UK, a lot from America, and I'll be there telling them about what I do and uh, the movie I made, Football Fan Frenzy, which is a comedy at sporting events, and hopefully they watch it and realise that some of the scenes we can still use but it's good enough for, for me to get some decent money to continue and make a new movie starting again at the CFL games and the NFL this season. And well, it'd be great to throw some Aussie football in there as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. So again, Mick, thanks so much for coming on uh, today. I truly, truly appreciate it. And folks, if you head over to my website, a yank on the footy.com, you can find everything that you need uh, with regards to my socials, Facebook, Instagram, um, Twitter, uh, my email again, a yank on the footy at gmail.com. Hopefully, you'll leave a review over there. Hopefully, you'll check out Mick's website as well and see what he's doing on his some really, really fun stuff. Folks, as always, look out for one another, give each other a call, check up on people, tell them you love them, let them know you care. And, folks, I do appreciate all of the kind words and all the support. And as always, may your dribble kick never ever hit that post. I will catch you later. This has been episode 174 of a yank on the footy. Don't forget that you can reach me at a yank. Yank underscore on on Twitter and a yank on the footy gmail.com and check out the website, a yank on the footy.com. Again, thanks for listening. And I do hope you'll share the podcast with your friends and family. And until next time, everyone, goodbye.